Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola from clevergirlfinance.com. My guest today is Ellen Barton, and Ellen is going to be talking to us about financial mistakes and recovery in business. Ellen is a purpose-driven business leader, author, entrepreneur, and podcast host who believes in the power of story to elevate brands and individuals. She's the CEO of White Knight Productions, a company that produces video content for businesses, and she also has her own podcast called Ready, Set, Grit, a podcast that inspires people to live their lives on purpose. In addition, Ellen is passionate about entrepreneurship and helping others, and her vision is to create a virtual ecosystem where entrepreneurs and solopreneurs are supported by a strong community, regardless of their geographic location, and where women and girls in particular can find inspiration and guidance to forge their own unique path and realize their full potential. So on this episode, Ellen shares her personal story and the life changes that led her to starting her own business the major business and financial failure she faced that almost crippled her, as well as her top business and financial tips for women in business. So if you're a Clever Girl entrepreneur or an aspiring Clever Girl entrepreneur, then this episode is for you. But before we dive in, if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, please do. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and you can also listen to episodes of the podcast and watch videos on the Clever Girl Finance YouTube channel. In addition, be sure to head over to clevergirlfinance.com to check out all the brand new content that we post on the website every single week. And if you are new to the tribe, then I strongly encourage you to check out our Fresh Start Challenge, which is 10 days to a fresh start and better relationship with your money. You get the challenges delivered directly to your inbox and it will help you as you work on improving your finances. So let's get into the conversation with Ellen now. Enjoy listening, guys. Hey, Ellen, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Bola. I'm so excited to be here. Same here. I'm really excited to talk about, you know, financial mistakes and recovery in business. And I know that you have a lot to share with my audience. But before we dive into this topic, I'd love for you to tell us who you are and what you do. Sure. Yeah, I'd be glad to. So I am, my name is Ellen Barton, and I'm the CEO of a company called White Knight Productions. And White Knight Productions works with clients throughout the United States to help them create videos cost-effectively, easily, and um, effectively, meaning that we really work with our clients after the videos are finished to make sure that they're optimizing them and using them in a way that um, actually gets results. That's awesome. And you and I are probably going to be having a conversation soon about that. (laughs) Okay. Glad to do that. But another fun thing is that you and I are both part of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Alumni Group, which is how we met. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how much you've talked with your listeners already about that group, but joining that um, organization and that community has um, actually been a phenomenal experience for me in my business. So yes, I'm very grateful to have had the opportunity for that. I'm excited to have you here. So I'd love for you to share also about your personal story. How did your business start? What got you into video production and your company and all of that? Um, sure. Yeah, I'd be glad to do that. So um, Gosh, I guess that we'd have to just go back briefly to college. And um, I I don't want to make this too long of a story, but back in college, um, I studied journalism and electronic media and thought that I wanted to do news production. 
And um, when I was about to graduate, I had an internship that showed me I did not want to do news production because <laughs> I, I didn't really like, um, I, I really like in-depth stories. I love story, but I didn't really like that um, people in news, and I have great, great, great respect for all of them and journalism and, you know, it's, it, it is dear to my heart. However, I just didn't like that it was so ratings driven and, um, like the more negative and awful and scary stuff was going on, the more the ratings would go up. And I was like, you know, I, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, so I pivoted right after that and uh, moved to Europe for five years. And that's when I really started working in video. So I worked for a video production company out there and got to work in the production office of some films. And then I met my uh, future husband and we moved out to L.A., and I worked a bit in post-production, um, which he did as well. That was his area of expertise. And then um, what got me into starting the business was we had lived in LA for 10 years and had kids. And at that point thought, gosh, you know, we don't know that we want to raise our kids here. One of the concerns was the schools were very committed to public schools and um, the schools, they're, they're, they're great. You know, there's great teachers, but they're, they're overcrowded. They're underfunded. And um, there were, we, we just had a lot of concerns. We were like, uh, maybe there's a better way. Maybe we could do something different. Um, so we were open to where our path would take us. We um, put our house on the market one summer, uh, the, the summer 13 years ago this year, and went on vacation to visit my dad in upstate New York. And our house sold like immediately, which was um, great. <laughs> scary and great at the same time. And so we were like, okay, well, we're going to move to upstate New York. And, and this whole story leads to starting the business because um, the job that I brought with me that I was doing at the time ended up getting outsourced overseas, um, not all at once, but gradually it, it did go away and we had to do something and we realized, well, we know how to do video. And in this area in upstate New York, there at the time, there wasn't really anybody um, doing anything other than wedding videos. And so we thought, well, maybe we could do a business. And so that's how we started um, doing the business. So we had some background, but we, I, I always want to like just put that little disclaimer that I didn't have this grand plan. Like we didn't come here intending to do the business. It just kind of was a, um, we had to do something, you know, so we did that. That's awesome. And I like that you shared this story because, you know, for many people listening, many of the ladies listening, and also when I get asked questions, people always want to know, did you always know you're going to do Clever Girl Finance? Did you always know you were going to do this and that? And some people know from like when they're younger, what kind of businesses they want to have. They know out the gate exactly what, to do, what they want to do and how they want to do it. And some people don't, and some people don't even realize that they're going to start a business until their life circumstances change and the, the opportunity presents itself, like what happened with you. So it's, you know, it's, I'm glad that you mentioned it because there's just different ways to starting something and it's not just something that you may know now. And that doesn't mean that you will be successful or you can't start something because you don't know what it is yet. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I have to say that even, you know, absolutely not having it all figured out or not having anything figured out shouldn't be a reason not to do it because Mm -hmm. I... 
at least that was my case. Like I didn't know anything about running a business. I made a lot of mistakes, which we're going to talk about <laughs> yes. um, for sure. And I, I like sharing those stories because I want other people to know. Um, I, I know a lot of fellow business owners do struggle and I want um, people to know that they're not alone. I was talking to somebody yesterday from the 10KSB community and um, I have started a, a Facebook group. I don't know if you around the Facebook group. I or, am. There's just so much going on. So sometimes I'm like, <laughs> did I see her there or there? I don't know. Um, but yeah, but this woman reached out to me and she, she was like, oh, she's a member of the 10KSB community too. And she, she was like, oh, I, I'm on the Facebook group and I see all these like super successful people and my business is struggling and I feel like such a fraud. And I was like, mm. oh, I, I, I had to talk to her because I was like, you know, that, that really is, um, I, I guess we all feel that sometimes. And we all, you know, with, with the events of social media and you get the impression that everybody else has these perfect lives and has it figured mm. out. But the reality is, I think most of us are kind of feeling our way through and, and like, you know, um, making choices as we go along and, and making mistakes and, and pivoting and, you know, just doing the best we can. Yeah. And I find that, you know, women, I think there's even studies that show that women more so struggle with this, you know, it's called the imposter syndrome where we, we, we kind of know we're capable, but we feel incapable because of what's happening around us or what we think people are going to think about us or because we may not have as much experience as the next person. Um, so, you know, that's interesting, but at the same time, you, you have to validate yourself and you have to kind of be confident in who you are because when you're starting a business or when you're even getting your finances in order, right, you make a decision and you start taking actions based on what you know. And then you go out and you learn more and you continue to make, take actions and you improve and you grow and you take more actions. And that leads you to the success you're trying to achieve. And, you know, I don't think anyone, I don't think it's fair for anyone to allow themselves to feel like an imposter because, Everybody has to learn some somewhere. Everybody has to grow to get somewhere. And even the people who look, look like they have it all together, they've gone through the growth phase or they're going through their own growth phase. So, you know, I, I just feel like the imposter syndrome is something that we place upon ourselves that makes it just difficult, more difficult for us to do what we need to do. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't self-judge ourselves that way. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I do, so I'm writing a book also. And I talk to a lot of people about the idea of success and what makes you successful. And I, I like the topic of grit. So I'm always asking people like, you know, how do you power through things? But one of the um, things that I found in, in my many interviews I've done with people is that one of the hallmarks of success is getting over this idea that we have to care what other people think and getting, you know, like we have many of us um, and I include myself in this because, you know, I think we all have it from time to time. We're like, oh, you know, what are they going to think if I put myself out there and if it's not successful? But we really have to get over that because, first of all, most other people aren't even thinking about us, like to the level that we think they are. <laughs> <laughs> and second of all, it's the people that are really successful entrepreneurs, they do fail. You know, they do. They put themselves out there. Sometimes they fall down. Sometimes they don't. When they fall down, they get up and try something different or they, they do it differently. And you just can't get stuck in whatever's going on, whether it's a temporary setback or even uh, 
a, a number, like a number on your bathroom scale or a number on your bank account. Mm-hmm. Just your present reality isn't your future forever. You know, you just have to keep going forward. That's that's really a great point. And I like that you talked about grit. So that kind of leads perfectly into what we're going to be talking about, which is financial mistakes of recovery in business. And you have had a lot, like you said. And so I wanted you to share some of this, the challenges and setbacks or failures that you've experienced as a business owner. I know. This podcast is way too short for all my... <laughs> <laughs> we could be talking for a long time. <laughs> Um, but I, I, but I will give you a story and I think it's, I think it illustrates a good point. Um, so my business, I, I've been in business for almost 10 years now. So we have been around for a while and when we started, and like I said, I didn't know much about running a business when we started. So that was one reason that the Goldman Sachs program has been really helpful for me and other business programs I've gotten into, um, so to your listeners, you know, always go out there and try to get help from SCORE or SBDC or, you know, whoever can give it to you because um, I think being a professional student, you know, even as a business owner is really valuable. Yeah. But anyway, when I started, I didn't really know what I was doing and um, we ended up growing pretty, pretty quickly. Like from, from the get go, we uh, just started getting clients and we we were like, this is great. We were doing television commercials and we were doing training videos and we were doing um, uh, product videos. And, and just, you know, like I said, there wasn't a lot of competition at the time and we were doing good work. And so um, the business just naturally grew. And we, within a relatively short time, within I think the first two years, we ended up landing a really large client and that client gave me a lot of business and that was a big uh, portion of my billings, a big, big portion of my, my um, income. And I hired people. Um, we moved offices a few different times because we were growing. It was really, really cool. But I didn't really know what I was doing. So I gave my employees, um, I was really generous. So I, I was like, oh, you know, we're going to do health insurance and we're going to do 401ks and we're going to do two weeks paid vacation plus all the holidays. Um, you know, I was, just, I was just giving like all this stuff because I wanted to. And I thought, well, that's what I can do. And I didn't really do long-term projections and I didn't really... Um, allow for the fact that maybe that big client wasn't always going to be there. And that's exactly what happened. So after having them for a few years, we didn't do anything wrong. Um, at least I don't think so. But they mm-hmm. just went in a different direction and they stopped doing their marketing. They, they focused on a different area of their business and they just really pulled back what they were spending. And so suddenly <clears throat> we were... Um, scrambling. You know, we were, we were um, trying to figure stuff out again. And I had seven employees at the time. And um, that was, that's expensive. Every week you have to pay them. And I was so, um, uh, one of my big mistakes was feeling like I had to be responsible. Of course, I was responsible for them as the business owner, but I felt like almost like their mother, you know, like I had to take care of them forever. Mm -hmm. And even though we couldn't afford to keep them, I did keep them. And I ended up borrowing money to keep them. And this this is important because it became this really bad situation very quickly. And uh, so the debt got bigger and bigger. And we did, of course, we had other work, you know, so it wasn't like an overnight thing. It, it 
went on for a couple of years like this wow. mm-hmm. where we weren't quite having enough revenue, but we believed that things were going to change. And we just kept um, being in this cycle. And so it was, um, it was bad business decisions, good intentions, but bad business decisions. And it all came to a head where it just, like, it just couldn't continue. Things were getting really bad and we were having trouble landing many clients at all. And I was having trouble paying them. And even though I was borrowing money, I was paying them late. And it was, it was really, really bad. Mm-hmm. I had to let go of things like the health insurance. And, you know, it was just, it was, it was very unpleasant. It was stressful to be at work. And I, I felt terrible. You know, I felt like a ter- I was a terrible leader, you know, because I just was, I, I, I was just, it was an awful, awful time. So eventually, um, it got to the point where I knew I had to let everybody go because I just didn't have the income to sustain and made the decision that this, unless something changed miraculously, this was going to happen June 1st of um, 2015. And so funny enough, I had gotten, we keep bringing up Goldman Sachs and I had gotten into this Goldman Sachs program shortly before. So I think my cohort started in maybe in March and this drop dead date was in June. So I thought, well, maybe I could like somehow, maybe this is going to save me. Now, maybe I can get into this program and it will help me. So it did teach me a lot of things. But what happened to me is on uh, May 31st, the day before I was letting my employees go, I um, had an accident and I broke my elbow, my, um, my right elbow. I'm right-handed and it was a very bad break. It was like a shattered elbow. It was really bad. Um, and so I required surgery. It was very painful, physically painful. And moreover, I'm right-handed, so I couldn't do anything by myself. <laughs> like actually, literally couldn't do anything. And, and I had to let the employees go the next day. So, and, and the business, my husband is in the business with me, so we didn't have another source of income. So this was a very, wow. we had maxed out our credit cards. We had maxed out our equity. We had maxed out our loans. You know, it was awful. And then I was injured. And so um, this was my deep, dark, rock bottom, horrible, nasty place. And then Goldman Sachs kicked me out of the program because I broke my elbow and I couldn't drive. My class was meeting three hours from where I live. I couldn't drive there. I couldn't take notes, you know, because I couldn't write. And, and so they required the 100% attendance. It did. It mm-hmm. did. And I, I tried to talk them into it. I was like, but can I, can I Skype in? And they're like, no, you can't. So, um, so that was, that was a really, really bad time. And I, I wanted to talk about that. I mean, I wanted to bring that up because the, the key to everything I think is if you ever should come up against anything like that, which not everybody goes through such drama like me, but it um, somehow finding a way to keep going through that is the key. And I, I had no idea how things were going to sort themselves out. I couldn't see the path. I don't even know if the path was anywhere near where I was. I was like, I was like in the ravine at the bottom. <laughs> like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where that path was. Um, but it did slowly over time. It did appear, and uh, it was a matter of doing what could be done. So I learned how to do dictation on my computer and I learned how to reconnect with old clients. And even though I didn't have staff anymore, 
I learned how to use freelancers and I, mm-hmm. you know, I just figured it out differently. And um, there was a way and, and slowly over time, I mean, still two years, two and a half years later, we're still um, paying off some of the debt. It was a, it was a large amount, but it's, um, it's definitely a much different company now. It's going in the right direction. And um, many lessons were learned through that, but I mean, you asked about business mistakes, right? So that was yeah. that was an example <laughs> of what so, could happen. <laughs> I, I don't want to scare anybody from doing a business because it's, um, you know, and I would almost say, you know, like knowing now what I know now, it, I would have done things way differently. But I'm honest to God, grateful for going through that, even though it was so awful and painful on so many, on every level, on every level, like physical, emotional, mental, like it was Mm -hmm. awful. But um, I would not, um, I would, I, I am grateful to have gone through it and I would in some ways go through it again if I had to do it over just because of all the gifts that came out of it and the lessons, so... There's no replacement for the education that you get when you go through an experience like that, right? And let me just say that I really appreciate your honesty in sharing this, you know, your story. And there are just so many things that go through my mind listening to you. And the people who listen, the ladies who listen to this podcast, they know that I've made my own mistakes. I talk about mistakes I've made as I'm growing this business from hiring the wrong people to just, I talk about different things that are happening with me, you know, randomly in different episodes. And a lot of times people see people from a distance, right? You were in business, you had this major client, you had like all these employees, you were, things were good. And people were like, oh my God, amazing. She's made mm-hmm. it. But that's not the end, right? And it doesn't matter how positive you want to be. It doesn't matter how amazing your business is. Mistakes happen. Mistakes happen all the time. Even the biggest companies make mistakes. There are recalls on products all the time. But it's when you get into that point where you've made a big mistake or you have a major challenge, how do you power through? How do you keep your mind right? And I don't know if you were at the summit for Goldman Sachs a couple months ago. But one of the things, Tyler Perry was a speaker there. And one of the things he said was that he has made so many mistakes. And he talked about how the mistakes he has made in business, he could have paid for three Harvard MBAs, you know, Mm -hmm. when he was growing his business. And so it's not something that you can avoid, but it's how do you manage through it? And how do you position, position yourself to make the best decisions that you can at the time, right? And then how do you take the lessons that you learned from the mistakes that you made, like in your case, long-term planning projections and things like that, and put them in place so that you don't repeat that same mistake. And even if you repeat that mistake, it's not to the same magnitude. Yeah, the great questions. And I was at the summit and Tyler Perry was by far one of my favorite speakers of the whole amazing event. He, he was, I just, oh, his story gives me goosebumps. He was really mm-hmm. incredible. Um, so I, I mean, I, I can only speak for myself and my experience and what I found going forward after, um, going through some pretty, you know, some big and large mistakes, um, in business, I have learned to be a lot more comfortable with making mistakes and, um, looking for the lesson, you know, like, so now if I come up against a challenge, I, I have a deep deep faith that somehow it's going to be okay and it's going to work out for my greater good. 
and I'm going to find a solution one way or another. And somewhere there is a lesson. And so I just, uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I do a little bit of praying, you know, I do a little bit of, hey, God or universe or, you know, greater power, what, you know, show me the way, what is this lesson? And, and let's, let's just power through this. And so um, sometimes in my business, um, the core business is video production. Um, you know, sometimes I have had, um, say, a lot, like, like 20 proposals out with different clients. And sometimes it takes forever to sign a contract, which means I don't have money coming in. And um, most of the time, like I'm very good at following up with people. I'm very good at staying on top of things. So a lot of times like, there's literally nothing I can do. And so I always go back to, okay, well, what can I do? You know, like mm -hmm. I can't control other people. I can't control their actions. I can't, you know, there's things I can't do. And I just, you know, just can't. Um, other other than going there <laughs> to their office and not leaving until they sign the contract, which would be stupid. Um, you know, so I'm just, I think a lot quicker to look for the lessons and to believe that it's going to be okay. One thing that I was thinking as you were talking, Ellen, was what you said at the beginning, and it was about grit. And I feel like in so many instances that the difference between success and failure is not the failure that you've experienced. It's persevering and patience and allowing yourself to get through it and not giving up. That's the difference between success and failure. And I've, I've touched about, I've touched on failure on this podcast many times, financial fa failure, failure in business, fa failure in your careers, but that's what it is, right? Because despite what happened with you losing your major client, laying off all your staff, getting into all this credit card debt, losing your major source of income, right? You're still in this business, you're and you're still, you know, you're growing your business again, you're recovering from it. And that makes all the difference because there was nothing that was stopping you from saying, you know what, we're shutting this thing down. We're going back to California or we're going to stay here. And I'm just going to get a regular job. Husband, you get a regular job. There was nothing stopping you from doing that, right? But you chose to persevere and get yourself out of it and keep going in this business. Why did you do that? Yeah. Well, first of all, amen. Yes. <laughs> It is. I do strongly believe in grit being um, hugely important to success. I, I think that's, that cannot be said enough or stated enough. Um, so, f and again, I can only speak for myself, but for me, I, during, especially during that really, really awful summer after all of that happened, I, tried to get in tune with myself and, and to figure out what the path was. Like, should we get a job? It didn't feel right. It just didn't feel right. And so um, I just made the decision to keep persevering. But what's been really interesting is in, in this whole journey, and to me, it's all tied together. I don't know how, how you feel about this. I think that we're aligned in thinking that the 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 self the spiritual the business the you know everything it's tied together it's it's all one and so to me what i was looking for was some kind of guidance and i'm 
you know, and even some kind of purpose, like, is this, and I questioned everything. I you know, is this really what I should be doing? Is it a different business I should be doing? What, what is this? And, and I just kept moving forward because I think that that is the key, whether you call it grit or perseverance or whatever, you know, it's just to keep going forward and trying to feel your way. And, and for me, it was like just throwing a whole bunch of stuff at the walls and, and, and being like, okay, what's going to stick? You know, is, is this going to work? No. Okay. Do something else. And I, I, I did that a lot. And um, what's been really interesting, so what, what's really interesting to me is now my whole business is transforming and growing in this amazing way that is so aligned with what I think my purpose is. And it's so aligned years ago this is such a crazy journey. Like when I look back at this, I'm just like, mind is blown at at how this is working out. But years ago I had a business coach and she had me describe what I really wanted and what, what does your dream future look like? And so I did. And, and I, Bola, this is so crazy. So I was saying things like, well, I don't really know, but I want to be like in the world of, of thought leaders and I want to be on stage and I want to work with authors and I want to, I wanted to write a book. Like I've always wanted to write a book. So now I've written my book. And um, so anyway, I was saying this like years, it must've been three or four years ago, I guess I was working with this coach and I was deep in my video business and I was at the point of, um, you know, we had lost the client. We were really struggling. I had no idea how this was going to work out. Mm-hmm. And fast forward through all the stuff that happened um, during the deep, dark time. And then after that, I got back into the Goldman Sachs program. They let me back in in the fall. And that that's important um, because the community that I'm growing around, that's really important to me now. But I just kept throwing stuff at the wall and going, okay, well, we'll try to go in this direction. We'll try to go in this direction. So it's like, to me, it's almost a dance between grit, like determination that you're going to keep going forward, but also an openness to what's going to stick. And what happened is last year, so I finished the program in 2015, the end of 2015, and then about six months ago, it took me a while. I didn't like come to this right away, but last year I, um, because I don't live in one of the cities, Goldman Sachs program is in 19, I think 19 cities throughout the country. Mm -hmm. And I don't live in one of those cities. I live three hours from the two closest places to me. So I, I was like, wow, I really wish someone would organize this national network better so we could network better and and then I believe in that saying, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. So I was like, okay, maybe I should do that. And so I started, um, I just put out to the community that I wanted to do these calls and I invited everybody to the call. We did it on Zoom and I just wanted to network with people and meet people. And of course, I thought it would help me grow my business and it has. I have met some clients through doing this, but um But what's interesting is I started doing the calls. They became more and more popular. And now I have a Facebook group that I just started. And it's quite active. You you know, you're on my group. Yeah, I'm in it. (laughs) It's a pretty pretty active group. And the calls are really awesome. And so this community is growing and people are noticing. So um, 
like the national coordinator reached out to me and some people reached out to me and they're like, oh, you're doing such amazing things. And, and I had been thinking about taking this to the next level. And, and this woman, this other alumni reached out, um, she's in Chicago. And it's only because of these calls that I started like not knowing what was going to happen from it. But as a result of her, now she and I have formed a partnership and we're going to be taking this whole thing next level. So we just are launching these mastermind groups and we're doing live events. And it's everything I envisioned for myself a few years ago is actually going to be happening with all the things that we have in the works and, and with her network and her connections and our partnership. It's it's like... It's amazing. And I, I I created it, but the universe co-created it somehow. You know, I was just like open to this happening. I, I couldn't have planned it, I don't think. But it's, it, 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 I think that real success is like figuring out what you really want and your purpose and your, your real vision for yourself and holding on to that even when you have no clue like how that's going to happen. Because it's amazing what kinds of things can start to open up. And I, I know we don't have time to get into the details of all that she and I are working on, but it's, it's amazing. It, it, it's just, it, it, it boggles my mind when I think about the things that are happening and how aligned <laughs> it is with that vision from years ago. It's so weird. That's incredible. And, you know, just getting to the space has given you new ideas, has put you on your business into a fresh perspective and now you're reaping the, the rewards and the lessons from that dark time, right? Absolutely. And all that happened, all that has, you know, that I've personally gone through, it all kind of makes sense in hindsight. And I think that's what people need to remember is you can't see it when you're going through it. Mm-hmm. But when you get there, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I got it. Oh my God, that's so true. You cannot see it when you're going through. I'm telling you, those days when I'm like crying and like losing mm-hmm. my mind about what's going on, I'm like, oh my God, I just need to see what's happening in the future. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't see it, but it's like you have to go through it. And that's, it's, you can't avoid it. You have to go through it. But it's also as you go through it and as you create your businesses, ladies, it's just making the conscious decisions. And one of the things that you said, Ellen, at the beginning was get help where you can find it. So if there's something that you're not sure of or you don't understand or you're uncomfortable with, don't isolate yourself. Don't be, you know, don't make conscious mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. Try, to get the, try to get the help that you need so that you can avoid those conscious or obvious mistakes. And then the unconscious or unobvious mistakes, you'll just deal with them. <laughs> as you go through them. So Ellen, given all the learnings and experiences you've gained from your setbacks as a business owner and just where you are now, how do you envision the future for your business? It is so exciting. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't even tell you. So um, what, oh my gosh. So the the video business is moving forward in a few niche areas that we've developed over time. And um, so we're doing a lot more work in HR, recruitment, onboarding, training, 
But in parallel to that, we've developed a program called Video Crisps, which allows us to work with people all over the country. And we're doing like animated videos and live videos. And the pricing is, is quite attractive. Um, we've really simplified the process and the pricing to make video accessible to people, professional video accessible to people. So I see those two areas growing. And then this partnership with this woman, um, these, these movements with creating community and, uh, you know, we said that there's, um, with entrepreneurs so frequently, we feel isolated. We feel like we have the imposter thing. Like we're like, oh, mm-hmm. everybody else has it figured out, but not me. So not true. You know, the, these communities that we want to create are authentic um, places where people can connect and realize that we're all in this together and nobody has it figured out. We're just, we're all like kind of making our way through. And I think there's a lot of power in that, you know, so we're really excited to create that. My business is going to grow in the way that we're working to create these events and work together with people. But um, the video part of what I do is going to also support what we're doing. So it makes sense that I have the video company. It's, um, the focus is shifting. It's, it, you know, I definitely see it within a year or two. Maybe the video company just supports the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it, you know, maybe it's helping the members of those other communities create branding videos for themselves or, you know, create whatever they need for their, their websites and their social media, but doing it in a really cost-effective way. Because my whole thing is just about, kind of like you, you know, just helping other businesses grow and support everybody's good you know everybody i want everybody's businesses to grow i want other video companies to grow you know it's all good when we we all help each other Mm -hmm. that's amazing and what is your number one business tip for women in business especially the women who are listening who may be new to business or thinking about starting a business or maybe have been in business for a few years given what you know what you've learned what would be your number one tip for women in business I think my number one tip is for women, men, anybody, um, embrace your numbers, know your numbers, get curious about your numbers. Um, for a long time, I didn't want to look at my numbers because I knew they weren't what I wanted them to be. And uh, that's, you know, it's, they're just numbers. They give you information. You can play around with them. If you have QuickBooks, you can run different reports and and um, look at them in different ways and, and put in like you can make spreadsheets and be like, oh, if I adjust this, how does it affect this? And it's getting curious and playful around the numbers rather than judgy around the numbers. So it's, you know, it's the same thing, like if you're trying to lose weight or something and you don't want to look at the scale because you don't like the number, it's kind of the same thing with bank accounts and and accounting. And it's just a number, you know, it's just where you're at right now. It doesn't mean you're good or you're bad or whatever. It's just a number. And you need to know that number and your numbers in order to grow and move forward. That's so important. So, so important. So Ellen, this has been amazing. I have one more question for you though. Okay. Well, actually a couple more, but really quick ones. What is your clever girl superpower? What is my clever girl power? Superpower. Superpower. <laughs> my superpower is 
Maintaining a positive attitude. I love it. And you're always so positive. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. And I'd also love for you to share how people can keep in touch with you. You have an amazing podcast. You also have your book and your website. So please share all that information. And I'll also include it in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah, I have um, two websites. So for my video, it's whitenightpro.com. So it's white, like the color night with a K and pro.com. And uh, my name is spelled E-L-I-N, which is different, but you can mess, you can email me at ellen at whitenightpro.com. And I have a website too called ellenbarton.com. And that's where you can find my podcast. It's called Ready, Set, Grit. And I have amazing guests, including Bola, who's been on my podcast as a guest. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But really, I'm just like blown away by by everybody I interview. It's it's so much fun. The podcast for me is my passion project. I just love it. So I love that you have one as well. Yay. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. And you had mentioned some resources like SCORE and SBDC. For those of you who are listening, I will also be linking those in the show notes so you can check them out. They're really amazing resources for um, business owners, for people who are thinking about starting a business, or even if you've been in business for several years, they're really awesome resources that you can find people and tools to help you within your own community or state. So I'll link those as well. So Ellen, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being here and for sharing your story and for your honesty and openness. This has been awesome. Thank you. And I appreciate you and all that you do and and uh, your willingness to talk about money and help people through this uh, sticky topic. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode with Ellen. And if you did, please subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't already, you can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and you can listen to episodes and also watch videos on the Clever Girl Finance YouTube channel. I'll be back again with a brand new episode soon. Thank you guys for listening.